In this episode, we discuss the dance film Step Up 2, The Streets. Welcome back to the Flophouse. And I say back because we've been gone for two weeks. Yeah. How you doing? Uh, Stuart, Stuart's here. Hey, Stuart Wellington. It's me, Stuart. Elliot Kalen. There's a lot of Elliot Kalen in your ear right now. And me, Dan McCoy. <laughs> yeah. And is this the first Flophouse of 2009 AD? Yeah, it is. You know, we took two weeks off, and um, I know that you over the Daily Show also took two weeks we off. We took three weeks off. And uh, you, you, you can get away with that, being a popular, beloved program. Yes. Do you think that we can get away with that? It's possible our fans have forgotten we exist. All right. What's what's the Daily Show? I've forgotten. <laughs> well, it's hosted by golfer John Daly. Okay. And as all of my dad and mom's friends think when they ask me about it. and <clears throat> Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. They're like, how's your golf game these days? No, they go, they go, how's the John Daly Show? Gun down to par? Uh, <laughs> gun down to par. I assume, I'm assuming that you're currently above par. Far above par. <laughs> yeah. So... Par is a, is a dream. Yeah. Like on a mini golf course or? <laughs> Any kind. Mini golf, maxi mini golf. golf isn't that regu- Regular golf. Okay. Mario golf. Sure. Wii golf. That Wii is golf. That, that's what it's called, Wii golf. Nintendo Wii golf and also WEE golf, which is smaller than mini golf. <laughs> okay. I didn't know that existed. Well, it doesn't yet, but I'm, I'm patenting it. Okay. But we didn't watch a golfing movie. Um, no, sir. We watched a much more active pastime. And that's, okay. that's dance. The world of dance. The magic of dance. Absolutely. We yeah. watched American Primitive, the Martha Graham story. <laughs> we watched The Catherine Wheel, by, directed by Twyla Tharp. No, uh, the Company, directed by Robert Altman. We watched... Uh, it's just called Company. Step Up to the Streets. That's Step Up to the digit The, the number two. two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's like the, the they were. it was called Untitled Dance Project, and then... They text like the writer texted the title to one of the yeah. producers, assuming they'd know that it wouldn't be the he number two in real life. Sidekick. Yeah, exactly on his sidekick, and uh, they were like, "Oh, okay, step up, number two, the streets." No, well, I mean, you may, you, yeah, you may think that Prince named the movie, but it's actually a sequel. <laughs> it's a sequel, as I gather, to the film Step Up. So wait, this, uh, although this I, screenplay wasn't like kicking around Hollywood for years. No, and it's years not like the Unforgiven like, screenplay where yeah. it took twenty years to make it. Well, it's, you know, it may have been because <laughs> this is an old Robert Town screenplay <laughs> from the beginning of his career. Paul Schrader took a pass on it, but as far as I'm able to gather via IMDb, none of the characters from the original Step Up are uh, you know reprised in this film. They don't reappear. This I was appears really to have. By that. Yeah, it has the same. Uh, maybe it's in this breakdancing tradition with breaking and breaking two electric boogaloo, where there's no carryover. Maybe it's an stories. homage. It's like Could carry be. and carry two. The rage carry two. Ra- sorry, yeah, the rage <laughs> carry two. But that's more of like the the rage carry two is more like Evil Dead two, where they're just like, you know what, let's make a sequel, but let's just remake it. Yeah, I guess so. But uh, where would you place this movie on the dance meter? Zero meaning no dancing, and ten meaning too much too, too much dancing. Uh, so it's just the amount of dancing we're talking, not yes. the quality of dancing. So what are you saying? Ten, I would put this like, like an eight point five. Yeah, wait okay. on your on your scale, ten actually exceeds the how much you'd actually want to have. Yeah, I you'd want to see be, like a nine. 
Okay. Ten is like a little bit too much. Like nine is like a big good dinner, and ten is like, uh oh, I ate too much. It's like you get an A plus, thus you're irritating. That's exactly. Okay, that makes sense. As opposed to an A minus, the coolest of the grades. Sure. Yeah. Because it's like I'm good, but I'm not so good that I can't relate to you still. Yeah. Or maybe I don't need to try too hard. Yeah, that's the other one. I'm okay with passing by. Yeah. In the top level, but not the top top level. So you think that uh, step up to the streets <laughs> has is an eight on a, out of a ten meter on yeah, dancing around there. So it wasn't irritating. It was almost perfect. Uh, in terms of amount, just the of amount dancing. of dancing, I'm, I'm just amount. We're not talking about quality. Yet. Yeah, and in terms of amount of dancing, that's actually about the the number of dances and length of dances I would expect out of a dance film. Can and, you compare? Uh, can you compare it to another movie that features? I would imagine a lot of dancing, so that our listeners can like understand, um, like Jesus. a Moulin Rouge sort of thing, that Chicago thing. Yeah, it's 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 kind of Chicagoy. Not as much dancing as Chicago, where there's almost every scene is a dance scene. It feels like. Okay. If I'm remembering it correctly. I'm not. In amount of dancing, and in and only in amount of dancing, I would say that this ranks uh, above Singing in the Rain because and Singing below- in the Rain. Ends with a huge long ballet dance that I don't want to see. Doesn't end with it. All right, that's there, a chunk. You're thinking of an American in Paris. Yeah, that's right. And there's a big, there's a big chunk in the middle. Is it like the end of uh, the uh, Takeshi Kitano Zatoichi movie, where all of a sudden <laughs> that's everybody just one breaks dance. into a dance? That's just one dance scene. Okay, but it, it's more dancing than Singing in the Rain, but less dancing than to Invitation to the Dance, the all dance movie that Gene mm. Kelly did. I've, I haven't seen those movies. Not, well, you haven't seen Singing in the Rain. Uh, not that I can remember. Oh, okay. What am, what am I missing? <laughs> uh, like a fun, like pure fun. But oh, anyway, yeah. should we talk about what was in this movie? Let's please talk about the plot, because, uh, Elliot has been informed by friends that we do not clarify the plot enough up top. People are too, they think it's too much of a mystery, what we're talking about when we talk about, uh, we talk about you know, 27 dresses. Oh, you, I didn't understand what was going on in the movie, what with all the dresses and everything. You didn't cover it well enough. So who wants to summarize? Uh, I'll do it. Okay. So uh, there's this girl who her is... Her name's Andy. Yeah, and she's part of it. It is? I never caught that once. Yeah, it's yeah, named, yeah. Her in, name's Andy. An hour and 40 minutes. But her friends call her D. D. Okay. She's only my girlfriend's nickname. But. So she's part of a dance crew in inner city Baltimore, and they do all kinds of wacky dance stunts. Her- <laughs> yeah, the movie opens with them prank dancing on a subway car uh, where member after member of this dance crew takes off their their everyday person costume and does annoying dancing that irritates people who are just trying to get home from a hard day at work. Mainly people just seem surprised. It's not like when when people are dancing on the subway when I'm on the subway and I just try and like I lift up my book or magazine <laughs> to and pretend try and you read can't it. see them. <laughs> yeah. uh, right, totally. We're already defeating the purpose of summarizing up Well, top. no, we're explaining we're explaining this okay. this scene. So she's part of this dance crew, right? And apparently they are uh, like public enemies number one because of the uh, <laughs> because of the fucking news the has like a story. Yeah, oh yeah, they do dance a, crime. <laughs> so <laughs> that never really got picked up again. That dance crime story. Yeah, story it's line. okay. So um, and her mom or no, her mom's dead. So, so this her, is her mom's best friend. Yeah, it's like, her guardian. Yeah, as her guardian, and she's like. 
Well, uh, if you don't shape up, I'm going to make you move to Texas, which obviously... Where there's no dancing. Yeah, there's no dancing at all. Well, except for the boot scootin' boogie, and she does not want to do that. Yeah, no. she made that pretty clear early on in the film. So, <laughs> uh, one of her friends is like, yo, if I beat you in a dance battle, then you're going to have to go to the Maryland School of Arts. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, F that, dog. That's and- what that's what tough dancers are always trying to get people to do. They're like, I'm going to trick you into higher education. You got so- served. Matriculate. Yep, so... so- so after a few servings, she goes to the. <laughs> she ends up enrolled in the Maryland School of Arts, uh, where you know, of course, the teachers frown upon her street styles. And then somehow she gets kicked out of her old dance crew. She forms a new dance crew with the nerdy kids at her school, including some of the like the rich white kids at her school, who are all amazing dancers. Who are all amazing dancers in their own kind of special way. And then uh, when they try to enter the world of underground street dancing. They get frowned upon, and they get served pretty hardcore. Yeah. And then uh, they end up breaking up because she gets kicked out of school, and then somehow they all come back together for the big final dance-off and then win the day, and then yeah. there's making out. And they convince the head of the school who stops by and watches them dance in the rain to before a crowd of thousands, yeah. it seems, that uh, she should be let back into the school. Yeah. And and well and he originally goes to the the dance competition to like break it to put a stop to this. Yes. Which of course he doesn't. Instead it's he's a dangerous finds, dance competition. He is, he is maybe the whitest character I've ever seen in a film. Yeah, he finds you know, he finds a spot in his heart for street dancing. And uh, <laughs> once again, just in time for all the characters to pretty much start making out in the rain. Yeah. Which is just how I like all movies to end. Well they're they're too strands of modern dance movies and I I honestly think that Every dance movie made post nineteen eighty is is either one or the other plot, and they haven't discovered how to work dancing into other plots. And that's the uh, Footloose plot, where okay. dancing is not allowed, but some rebel just has to dance. Uh, and uh, often this rebel has been sent there from some place where there is a lot of dancing. Sure. <laughs> and so they want to continue their dancing ways. Dancelvania, if you will. And you know this movie starts out. You think it's going to be that one because there's talk of her being sent to. You know, to Texas. Texas. That's a red herring, though. Uh, mm-hmm. And then there's the flash dance uh, school where um, someone uses their street dancing or unconventional dance skills to shake up the stuffy world of dance. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely what this film is. Well, okay. They, uh, what, I'm, what I'm glad about is that they're finally showing that uh, breakdancing can be culturally acceptable dancing, too. A mere 20 years after that case had been made to the general public already. Sure, right. What I, what I like is that it shows it's that... Like, it's like a movie where like a rock star proves to a classical music conductor <laughs> that rock music can be music, too. And it's like, oh, okay. I mean, I thought that and was established fact, like 35 years ago. But, it's not you know. just that it's also music or also an acceptable art form, but in many ways, it's better. That's yeah. Well, that's the unspoken assumption that I hate in these movies, where it's like, old culture... Boring. This is the new stuff, and therefore oh, it has evolved into this. Yeah. Well, yeah. and you know what? In this sort of like strain of dance film, there's usually that that thing where, oh, I can use ballet in my break dancing, yeah. and that will improve it. That's like that. That's their like sop to that idea that other arts are valid. Maybe the entirety <laughs> of human history until this point isn't completely useless. Yeah. If and, it can help me in my break dancing. And this film, break dancing, trumps it all. Mm-hmm. It reminds me a lot As of the life. movie Flatliners, where the <laughs> I, I can't wait to hear this parallel. <laughs> where where the med students decide to figure out a way to you know uh, beat death using their their own brand of new science, <laughs> and, and how old science, old science is bad. Yeah, uh, Kevin Bacon would be kicked out of school. Die. 
<laughs> Kevin Bacon's about to be kicked out of school. <laughs> that movie that movie stops being interesting about halfway through because it's like we're going to stop our hearts and then start them up again. Like that's kind of an interesting to see what happens, but the ghosts of the people you wronged in the past come and get you is not really a logical. Well, but also it's one of those in a really movies. boring way too. In a really boring way, yeah. It's, it's one of those horror movies where the uh, the antagonist ultimately is shown to be trying to help. Like this is my yeah. least favorite type of horror movie. Like, oh, I shouldn't have been scared all along. That's yep. my problem with the Sixth Sense. Is wait, wait a minute. There was no danger ever at any point ever. That ghost was just trying to show me the giant hoard of treasure under the house. <laughs> We're rich. Yay! Thanks, ghost. Now I can Time finally to... fund my unrealistic business idea. Time to build a ghost mansion. <laughs> like a Beetlejuice or something. Wait a minute. This ghost just wanted to be famous. Let's invite other people to our ghost house. Yay! That sounds great. That's so... the story of the haunted mansion. And so that's kind of what I learned about, uh, that's kind of what I learned from watching Step Up to the Streets, (laughs) was that uh, new dancing is way better than old fuddy-duddy ballet dancing. Ho-hum. Well, now that we've given the... As the kids would say, ho-hum. Now that we've given the overview, I feel like we can circle back and get into a little more detail. And and certainly, it's a very strange, uh, as we said, beginning, where the guy serves the girl into... um, well, the Maryland School of the Arts. I'm just impressed they're in and it. he disappears from the film. He, yep. he pulls his hood uh, on his hoodie back up over his head and walks away like a his dance work was angel. Done. What yeah. I like, that let's, we like haven't Paul Hogan, not, talked about the main, the main location of this movie, which is a club called The Streets, which represents The Streets. Uh, if this was, if I was doing the play sets for this film, there would be three of them. There would be Andy's house, where she argues with her mom. Okay. Mom and sister figure come with that set. Who, by the way, is played by Kima, or the actress who played Kima in The Wire, which is funny because this movie takes place in Baltimore. Sunny Baltimore. So I like to think that so Kima, Kima's job is is, a, is you know still a cop. Charm City. Then the second setting would, of course, be the school, school play set. Mm-hmm. which would come with, like, ballet accessories. And the third would be this club, The Streets. And what's amazing about it is they had the foresight to have a floor with removable panels, and underneath are trampolines <laughs> yeah. for de- for double awesome dance moves. And you, I know what you're thinking at home, trampolines. too. You're like, a dance with trampolines? That sounds awesome. I'm going to run out and rent, step out to... Step up to the streets. Step out to the streets. Step out to <laughs> dinner. <laughs> step out to why don't we, a show. Why don't we step out to the streets tonight? Let's step out to the streets. Hey, Billy, where you going? I hear the streets is pretty good. You know, the thing about the, the that trampoline dance is that it could have been accomplished if they just put mattresses on the floor. It's not like they no, did. No, it's not an exciting dance. It wasn't really what I was trying to get at. And it kind of would have been cooler with mattresses because it would have been like there would have been a homemade aspect to it. Like, sure. oh, okay, they brought these old mattresses that they found to this warehouse site, and that's the club. Like, yeah, it's like a junk band that plays like like an old <laughs> washboard. Exactly. It's, like, it's like a junkyard what? band where the bass is just a string on a on a broomstick attached to a bucket. What you don't realize <laughs> is uh, that they they actually built the club on an abandoned trampoline and so they, they discovered they were tearing up the floor they're like oh man there's a trampoline there we there's should just leave it ancient in. indian tr- moonwalk bounce <laughs> graveyard an ancient indian trampoline those trampolines are actually dream catchers <laughs> dream bouncers yep dream i don't bouncers. like this dream send it away boing and then they use hip-hop music to take the dream up into the stars <laughs> where the angels create them 
Now let's now the 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 plot itself. Of this movie is pretty pro forma. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what it comes down to is the dancing. That's why sure. you watch this thing. A lot of uh, or classic musicals. Your Stair Rogers, your Gene Kelly. Like the reason you go see them is the dancing. In a lot of ways, more than the movie. Like if the movie around the dancing is good, it's kind of a bonus. It's like a martial arts film. Exactly, or a martial yeah. arts film. You go for the fighting. Or a Marx Brothers movie where you don't care about the romantic leads. Well, that's I would call. I would say that's a little different. What? You're going there for the Marx Brothers, and then there are all these scenes of... But in theory, the, that movie is mostly for... Marx Brothers. <laughs> in, like, in theory. Like, the, the romantic leads are an well, addition. They're not... Yeah, you know. I think what we're talking about is this movie is like a martial arts movie in that every every scene, you can imagine the screenwriters like, okay, how get, can I get yeah. get everybody to start dancing? Mm-hmm. Or exactly. martial know, like arts. The, dance, the dancing know, is dance like... dance challenge. The sure. dancing is, <laughs> is the chocolate inside of the, the candy shell. But the candy shell here doesn't matter. You know, it's so. it's what I'm guessing the high school musical movies are like, but I haven't watched those yet. High school musical movies are actually much more like a classic uh, musical. I saw the first one because I was like, Sarah, uh, my wife and I were curious. We're like, huh, sure. uh, what is this high school musical that's sweeping the nation? <laughs> and um, and tweens, I don't get it. All you tween listeners to the Flophouse, <laughs> yeah. sure. write in and explain high school musical. Sure, if there are any. And also explain... Right in and make us feel weird about having tween listeners. Why, does, why yep. in Hannah Montana is Miley Cyrus <laughs> the alter ego of Hannah Montana, rock and roll superstar, but her dad is Billy Ray Cyrus, country music superstar? Does why does sense. she have to hide her identity? Yep. And um, Twilight. What's the deal? Yeah, why... Uh, are th- is, wait, are they, are they of age? They are not, they're high school that. students. They're anyway. high school students, so they they're are like not legal. Last time I checked vampires, it was better when they had sex with people. Yeah. Let me just tell you that. Yeah. Enough said. But I think what you're, can you imagine the movie the, Can you imagine the movie The Hunger with no sex in it? I can't. Or um, uh, what's the, the vampire? Embrace of the vampire? <laughs> or embrace wait, embrace of the vampire. Yeah. Embrace with, with Alyssa Milano, Milano yeah. you're saying? And uh, Jennifer Tilly. For a second I thought you meant uh, Shadow of the Vampire with There's uh, a lot of sex <laughs> in it. There's that. no sex in it. Just <laughs> it's applied. Oh, I gotta see them. That's a movie I haven't seen in a long time. I should see. That's yeah, pretty good. But, but anyway, I think that what you're trying to get to at dance. was that the dancing in this was not that it exciting. Is, it is very subpar, like my golfing should be if I practice more. <laughs> now, uh, one might think through Elliot's, uh, you know, name checking of uh, Gene Kelly and uh, Astaire and Rogers that he is just, Ruby Keeler. He is simply an old know. before his time uh, crank. And you'd be Funny right. Daddy. You'd be eighty percent right. But as someone who, uh, with his wife, watches and unironically enjoys um, So You Think You Can Dance, only partly because it has a lot of hot women in tights, this is not good dancing. You could see better dancing on any episode of the aforementioned show than you would in the movie. Or America's Next (laughs) Episode. In any episode of The Wire, you would see better dancing Uh, on this show. McNulty popping and locking all over the place. Crumping. (laughs) <laughs> That's a type of dancing, I think. Here's the the, the problem with with a lot of the dancing in uh, Jump Up to the Streets Second Edition sure. is uh, it's like it you actually got the title wrong. There. Oh wow, did I? <laughs> don't uh, worry about it. Just keep going. Don't, don't break <laughs> the moment. Oh sh- crap! This is now everyone knows I'm not Just a professional. Keep it going. Okay, no one will notice. The is that the dance like the dancing is not enjoy. It's like almost not enjoyable to watch. It's not very fluid. It's a, mm. and that might be just this style of dancing. Workman like. 
yeah, workmanlike, or it seems like you're watching stop motion animation well, that like is... not a lot of care was put into. You know, oh, I mean, it is that style of dancing. It's in it's part. Like the style of dancing. The purpose of However, it is to show that you can show how much control you have over each individual part of your body, as opposed well, to like can, that can be losing yourself. Amazing, the... but like they don't really give it time to like. <clears throat> Be like, oh man, my breath is being taken away. But what the human body can do? Yeah, I actually cannot cannot apply any kind of judgment to the quality of the dancing, um, other than it was awesome. <laughs> the other thing, of I course, about this dancing, the reason that uh, she gets kicked out of her dance crew is because she keeps missing rehearsals and things like that. And after a certain point, you're like, wow. These young kids are putting a lot of work into their dancing. Yeah, really organized. Like, it's really organized and really strict, and it doesn't seem like fun. It just—it's like a movie about like a young kid where like sports is the only way he's going to get out of the inner city. So every day he's out there playing, even when he doesn't want to. Like that's how it feels about dance. Right, that's but right. it doesn't seem to be building towards any goal. No, they're not yeah. trying to get work as dancers, you know, or. Well, and, it's, it's not, and like her and her stepmom or whatever's like, I'm going to send you to Texas. It's not like. She's been like sitting around in her sweatpants, like smoking weed or something. No, she's been practicing dancing yeah, day she, and night. She dances all the time. Like it's, the dance it's, is going to get you into trouble someday. <laughs> exactly. That's it's a thing. gateway drug to other she, movements. She's going to dance her way into the prison or something. <laughs> <laughs> it, but it feels like <laughs> once it, you dance your way into prison, the guards close the door. There's and one scene. Get back out. There's one scene where one of the snot, one of the music school kids is beaten up by the old dance crew and if it wasn't for that scene you'd think this movie took place in a universe where da- where violence was entirely through dance mm-hmm. like people only fought and killed each other in dancing and gangs in were Baltimore, all dance no gangs less. in Baltimore the murder capital of America but it yeah. seems like even, there's even them beating him up felt a little bit like they were dancing like there was a little <laughs> too much like hopping around they, before they they snuck punched. a little dancing into that <laughs> well but also without the beating up scene you'd be kind of like Huh, this is a strange formula for a movie where we're asked to cheer on the snobs from the rich art school versus the street dancers. Yeah, the message was very much that art school students are are oppressed as opposed to minorities who I guess their only outlet is dance. Right. Know? I mean the only way that or, they made or that selling heroin on the street. The only way they made that <laughs> I don't know work if that's really an outlet, but you know. <laughs> is to have like the leader of the sure. dance crew just be a total dick. Like he's like, What? You've been going to the Maryland School of the Arts behind our back. You're out of the crew. And then he's just a jerk every time he shows up in the yeah, movies. Every, it's amazing how uncongratulatory her friends were about her getting into a prestigious academy mm. and maybe making a career out of her, you know, her one talent. Well, you know, they're Because it wasn't acting. And so forth. Other comedy sound effects. Et cetera. Hey, what was that? Uh, what was that movie with Eminem in it? Where, eight Mile. Yeah. yeah, that's what this movie was a lot like. Uh, but yeah. it was a dance. Except version. for Eight Mile was directed by Curtis Hanson, so it was a lot better than it, it had. Ah, uh, yeah, to director be. of Payback. <laughs> he didn't direct Payback. Somebody else directed Payback. Who directed Payback? Oh, jeez. I don't remember I don't his name, but I just watched uh, the director's cut. Brian Hegland, I think. Oh, Brian yeah, Hegland. That's totally what I'm right. of. I watched the I watched the director's cut of that, and it was really crappy. Mm. <laughs> So, so, burn on you, Brian Hagland. <laughs> Mel Gibson made a better movie. Yeah. Writer of L.A. Confidential. Oh, that's why I got him mixed up, because of the L.A. Confidential. Yeah, right, 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 right. But oh. 8 Mile is like a rap version of this. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say, yeah. right? And just like he, they're always working on their dance moves on the subway. He's always working like on his heat? rhymes on the bus. <laughs> what? Just like Heat? No, I didn't say that. Oh, okay. I said just like they're always. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. I don't know how Heat can, It is a lot like Heat, though. 
I was maybe because the scene where they finally the two teams finally meet up is just like when Al Pacino and Robert De Niro finally sit down together. Yeah, yeah. and then there's that big uh, automatic weapon bank robbery in the middle <laughs> of this movie. That was surprising. Yeah, most entertaining part of it though. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like thirty minutes long or something. <laughs> forty minutes. Exciting. Oh. Electric. So yeah, there was uh, there weren't nearly enough montages in this movie. I was expecting. <laughs> I think there were only about more. only about three. I was really disappointed that there wasn't when the um, when the rival, uh, you know, the actual inner city dance crew shows up and uh, as as payback for there's payback again. <laughs> weird. As payback for the art students, the art school students uh, like burn on them by like putting an old fish in that one guy's apartment. They uh, they they try to get back at the art school students by just like fucking up their uh, their dance studio. Yeah, they spray paint everywhere. And like they break over. It. I was really really hoping there was going to be a montage. A cleaning like, up montage. Yeah, because they had like because their 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 teachers like I expect you guys all to clean this up. Yeah, like wh- that's weird. And that's when everyone from the neighborhood should pitch in. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Just like in Sister Act. <laughs> yeah, or that that when the the main character's one inner city friend who doesn't really go to the school, but she seems to hang out with him a lot. Like, I think she's auditing classes. There. Yeah, she should be there too and helping. Yeah, she is part of the problem. Now, Stuart mentioned uh, some dead fish a moment ago. <laughs> this bears uh, circling back and explaining. Okay. Um, after they get served, I thought I did a pretty good job actually. After well, no, <laughs> <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't explain it at all actually. After the uh, the our, rich kids get the served, good, good guys get served. They learn that the only way to, uh, say, challenge these uh, these guys to another dance to get their rep back is to prank them. On and, video. On video and by putting it on the internet, where it will, of course, immediately get back to... Um, Spread like wildfire. Yeah. I think his name was Tuck. The biggest viral videos like are the guy. dance viral videos. It's the ones I always look at on the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they immediately... It appeared to get back to them in within like the afternoon once they posted it's, it. Well, it was probably like on the on the dance message board. Yeah, but yeah. well, what happened? The is video they, clip was right next to the one where the monkey pees in its own mouth. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, shit like that. The hamster eating popcorn on the piano. Sneezing panda. <laughs> but um, and it was called OMG. Check out this prank dance. Yeah. Prank was spelled P R N K. And the prank was done by putting on odd costumes and dancing behind the guy. While he Wait. obliviously went about his business. <laughs> yeah, and then they broke into his house and uh, just put a couple fish in, um, I think just one fish. in the air duct. A couple, I think, is that's hyperbole, dude. Yeah. There were two of them. I, I think, think there was just, just one. one. Yeah. Maybe, they, maybe your glasses were Maybe might, they double edited it. You might be confused <laughs> by the fact that fish is both singular and plural. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Uh, I was and reading they, the movie. They, was they the also, problem. <laughs> They also danced a bunch in this guy's apartment, in his house apartment. Yeah, they, it's really, a, it's one of those Baltimore row they houses. They really seemed comfortable in the space. But, yeah, they must have really planned this one out. Yeah. As soon as the guy saw the uh, video, he angrily overturned his commu- computer, smashing it, and then went over to the air duct to confirm that there were in fact fish in it. He didn't smell a the fish. fish. At that point. No, he walks in when he walks he into his apartment. He says, "This place smells terrible." Oh, I believe really? he says it smells like funyuns and something like armpits that. Or, or fungus, something. something like that. I think he said funyuns. I'm going to imagine he said funyuns. In my in my opinion, the real hero You're of this movie going to lose us our funyun sponsorship. Uh, I love funyuns. <laughs> the real hero of this movie uh, is the director of the academy, who <laughs> seems to be about 30 years old, and yet is the director of an arts academy and a dance professor. 
Maybe yeah. he was just the director of the dance program. But the and uh, his family, I guess, founded the school. Sure. But yeah. just the fact that he fought his way to that position at such a young age, I find really impressive. And Even if he is the stern, you know, ultra white. And he's like the brother of our romantic lead. Yeah, right? but it's so lonely yes. at that at that point. You and, know, like. I, he has nobody in his life. Exactly. He spends all his time at the school. He it's gives, all he's he devoted gives it to. Everything, it. Exactly. Yeah. His whole life. And, and he's going to die alone, and they're going to just put a bust of him up in the hallway or something. He mm-hmm. has some sort of indeterminate uh, European accent. <laughs> I think too, it's just snoot. Which, uh, he has a well, but his brother accent. doesn't have it. So. Yeah, because his brother is of the people. I see. They're separated at birth, I guess. Oh. Sure. It's like, uh, it's like double impact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, double impact is basically the Van Damme prince and the popper. So, yeah. That's, I think that, that just told us a lot about both of you right there. What your minds went to right away. <laughs> so, yes. Double impact, the dance version, features the one brother who's of the people of the streets and then the other brother who's kind of snooty. Um, he would be the FBI agent character. He'd be yeah. the... Um, he'd be Tango. He'd be Ray Tango. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for vocalizing <laughs> that for me. I knew it's what you were thinking almost immediately. So He would be Sylvester Stallone in Tango so and Cash. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and he's got nothing. Like, you mentioned a bust of him. Like, if he does die, like, mm-hmm. if he dies going to a street dancing competition and gets stabbed... There's going to be a portrait of him in the hallway... It'll be like um, like the bust of uh, John Voight's character in the Bratz film. Well, the, see, that was a symbol of his own vanity. That oh, was okay. unearned. <laughs> that's I why completely was unearned. Yeah, and smashed. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong then. That's why it was so easy to smash because they were trying to tell us that all vanity is hollow. Yeah, and to live is to live for others and not for oneself. I'm that sorry. was the uh, mo- motto of the Bratz movie. <laughs> I shouldn't have brought up the Bratz movie. <laughs> it's, it's derailing. Everything. I was trying to explain to uh, somebody recently why the Bratz movie is on the top of our scale, and I couldn't quite get it across in a way that they understood. But oh, there are two. Th- okay, there are two things I wanted to bring up. One was uh, our main character heroine. She rallies the other people at the streets warehouse to her side with an inspiring speech. Sure. Mm-hmm. About how dance is about bringing together all of what you got and coming together with other people, which seems the exact opposite. The, the point of dance in the movie seemed to be to show off and make other people right. impressed at your talents. And I know that it's a movie um, cliche, uh, so I shouldn't harp on it too much, but she does manage to turn the audience from jeering loudly at her <laughs> to applauding for her and in following the space her of into the rain seconds. and following yeah. her into the rain outside to watch her. Dance. Yeah, she I says think that. For an um, excuse, Franklin. <laughs> she says uh, it's really hot in there. They just oh, cool if off. they're not gonna let us dance in here, we're gonna go outside and dance in the rain. But by that time, she's won over the entire crowd, so they really could have stayed inside. You know. Yeah. I think that was really calculated. Mm. A puppet master rests. Yeah. <laughs> A puppet I knew mistress? that wet, that wet shirts <laughs> could only help their cause. Yeah. Uh, uh, wet half shirts. Yeah, yeah she and never wore a full was, shirt. Yes, it did. Actually, <laughs> there was, it, it was the shirts she was wearing to a certain extent would shrink. They, it was like the top and the bottom were going in and trying to meet each other in the middle. Yeah, the, it was. It's almost like a, lot like of a set of eyebrows. More. Like yes. the more serious she is, the smaller that that that, <laughs> that top is. That tube top. She a lot of cleavage and a lot of belly. Yeah, and by cleavage. I mean, she's a dancer, so no, obviously... No, she, she had a fair amount of... Uh, I think a lot of that was CGI or something. <laughs> All right, let's not linger on uh, our leading but the, ladies. The other uh, thing was... There's but a that's the movie poster, dude. I'm not like... <laughs> the, the, the movie poster is just a close-up of her cleavage. Yeah, covered in water. <laughs> it's called National Lampoon Step Up to the Streets. <laughs> and uh, the other thing was, there's one... Se- like, looking back on it, the one scene that seemed like it could have been in a much better movie was... 
they go to the girl who's her friend who's in the old dance crew and comes and helps them out is Hispanic and they go to her family's house for a barbecue and it's just them kind of interacting there's very little dialogue but there's them just interacting with her family in the, in the bar- backyard of this barbecue and it like that was uh like the one scene where I was like I'd like to see an actual version of this scene that isn't just dancing where it's mm-hmm. you know them meeting people from little fish out of water elements exactly but also like you know, maybe they're wary of each other at first. The snooty kids have never eaten spicy food, maybe, mm-hmm. and then you know, the, and then the mom like dances Pernille. with this other kid. Spice, <laughs> pork dish, spice, so ethnic. The, well, yeah, think, this isn't bland. What, is, what are I, you I serving? Danny brought this up while we were watching the movie, but I think what's funny about, and I think a little bit telling about this movie is that the most um, sympathetic character and the character that like I like the most clearly is the ex-girlfriend of the romantic lead. The mm-hmm. ex-girlfriend. Who's set who, up to be a bitch at first. Yeah, who's set up to be a bitch, but nothing she's, she does in the entire movie is anything other than, like, totally normal and, like, understandable. If she if she wasn't supposed to be the bitch because she's the ex-girlfriend, she would come across as the outsider girl who's trying to be supportive and make new friends. Yeah. And, nice, like, tags along and ultimately gets, it, you know, into the group. You know? the, the nice girl who's pretty that, you know, isn't very good in social situations, but, you know, she's up for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and she ends up making st- out with the dork. First of all, she ends up making out with the dork before the two romantic like leads yeah. end up kissing, which I think is interesting as well. Like normally they do like, you know, your hero and heroine kiss and then they're like, "Hey, let's get a laugh from the dork and some other chick like the dork and the hot girl." Well, I think I assume the hero and heroine were always supposed to kiss as the final beat in the movie. Okay. Like the screenwriter laid out his three act outline and he's like, "Act 1, we got to see them dancing on a subway car. And somewhere in the middle of Act 2, she gets kicked out of school. And then in Act 3, at the end, they kiss. And I'll just fill in the rest, man. With and that's dance. what he did. With dance. I want to see the script because I imagine it just says, insert dance scene. Or like they it's dance their differences. <laughs> so for Step Up 3, that girl in the door. Step Up 3, the streets. I would think <laughs> it'd be something else. Like step Up 3, three, the avenues. It doesn't yeah. scan. <laughs> There's no pun there. No. Step up three to be you and me. Okay. Sure. Step up three, the secret of the ooze. Step up three, <laughs> that was the, baby. That, that was TMNT two also. That wasn't even, three was Turtles in Time. <laughs> Notice how easy it came to me that I said TMNT instead yeah, of saying weird. the full title out loud. You're like, oh, those movies ruined Eastman and Laird's original <laughs> vision. Well, it had already been bastardized by the cartoon and the Archie comic, you know. Sure. Their vision of getting rich quickly off of characters they created. <laughs> it's a noble goal. So let's uh, just go ahead and uh, give this movie our final judgment and move on. Yeah, what are final the, what are judgment. <laughs> My current affair sound effect. I'm yeah. still working on that. I think it's improved over the vacation. Thanks. Uh, so what are our categories again? Uh, is this a movie that is a bad, bad movie? There's no merit a good bad movie you enjoy it because it's uh it's humorously bad or a movie that you like in some way um Stuart, i'm going to turn damn. to you yeah this is a bad bad movie there's really nothing very exciting about it. the the dancing was uh subpar yeah it it, it wasn't that great now yeah i was on the verge of giving it a good bad just because it um sort of moves along at a good clip that's true like your dance movies do i mean even though the dancing isn't good there's a lot more energy in it, so uh, it sort of, I don't know, it makes the cliched elements more enjoyable. But a really good, bad 
dance film is a uh, break into electric Yeah, I was going to say, it's no break that, into. That's the gold standard. When they bring a man back to life in the <laughs> hospital through dance. Yeah. If you haven't seen break into and only know it through thousands of electric boogaloo jokes, you know. You do yourself a favor and see it. Go out and, and rent that. So uh, that's my recommendation. That is, is that a Golan Globus film? A what? A Golan, is that from the Golan Globus company? Oh, I don't, I don't know. Oh, I, if it is, it's the best movie they ever made, except for Jim Cotta. And yeah, I think I'm gonna agree with you guys. It's, it's. I kind of want to give it a better grade because you can, it means well and it didn't take up too much of our time. But it is a bad. There are better versions of it, so I have to say it's a bad, bad movie. There wasn't. But, there wasn't any anything that is going to live past this moment of us talking no, about it. it. Yeah, it will not. Re- I will not remember it. On the other hand, when historians write the story <laughs> of the Flophouse, flop when we do the oral history of the Flophouse, like, we have not been able to find any record of this movie. <laughs> when existing. James Lipton yep. mentions this Perhaps episode, made to it us, up. We won't. When, when uh, far in the post-apocalyptic future, where scalds sit around the fire singing tales of the Flophouse <laughs> to the younglings, <laughs> wait, skulls sit around scalds. the fire. The scalds, like the, oh, skulls. the northern, the, I was the Norse telltales. When when animated robot skulls <laughs> sit around For the some fire reason, in the future, we'll the trash can fire. <laughs> Yep. When the movie The Skulls sits around a fire <laughs> and Joshua Jackson tells stories of the Flophouse. And Craig T. Nelson shows up to be a bad guy again. Oh, what a career Craig T. Nelson's had from Action Jas- Jackson to Flesh Gordon to Coach to The Skulls. To Turner and Hooch. To Turner and Hooch yeah. and to uh, the Pixar films. Yeah. Talented. So but before we get on to our recommendations. Started as a voice or- actor, ended as a voice actor. Well, our special this 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 episode recommendations uh, segment. Our New Year's what? recommendations. Yeah. We'll get to that. I have uh, some emails and that letters. I like to read. We get letters. We get lots and lots of <laughs> letters. Now again. you're gonna get sued by Paul Schaefer. No, no, again. no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the first one actually is uh, completely just uh, waxing our own car. This is from Alex. Last follow. name withheld. <laughs> It says, wait, is he related oh, we're, to we're helping to, we're helping to keep it safe from water damage. It says, uh, just wanted to say thanks for all your work on the podcast. I absolutely love the show and look forward to every episode. A Ziggy Link brought me in. A Ziggy Link. Re- oh, <laughs> which, which, which Ziggy Link, huh? Like, we've done so many Ziggy things. We've been typecast already as the Ziggy podcast. Yeah. I, I, I'm getting so angry at someone who wrote a nice letter to us. <laughs> I think you're more mad at Dan. Z-Cast. <laughs> And I've never left. I'll try to keep spreading the word, voting on Podcast Alley, etc. Thanks again, and please keep it up. The show is really the best hour of comedy out there, not including The View. Those bitches. Nice. What do we have that to was, do to take them down? So is there a... That was there, a vet. We need a sassy black lady. Is there mm. a... Is there like a Ziggy fan page or something? I hope so. And I want to find it. From? We got a... Well, we, see, we, were, we were... I mean, we were, we're a brief... Docker. We were brief Zigsation. Yeah, so Elliot that. was a Zigsation. Well, but... Wait, wait, what? He took the world by the storm. Zig storm. Yeah. Okay, I don't storm. remember this. Let's move on. Well, I want I want to say they mentioned all the work you do. I want to uh, briefly make sure the audience knows that Dan does basically all of the work. That's true. When it comes to making this, he owns the recording equipment. He picks he he gets the movies for us to watch and he edits this and uploads it. And, and sometimes uh, he throws away my empty beer cans. And yeah, that you leave. And Stuart just brings kind of like his wit, and I bring kind of the spark and the publicity value that brings people to us through Ziggy Links. But yeah, uh, yeah I think wit is what I bring, <laughs> <laughs> and his mustache. <laughs> sure. He also has a, a um, inexplicable um, charm 
uh, that the ladies like. Uh, I think Inexplicable is the best thing. <laughs> Cannot all, be explicated. All of the female <laughs> fan mail seems to center around uh, Stuart. So. Not a, what, well, what about that girl who likes Elliot? Oh wait, that wasn't really. No, to this that was thing. that was because we'll of talk my, about that later. That, oh, we won't talk about that here. We will not. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was completely unrelated. Thanks, to this. Lorax. <laughs> I am the Lorax. I keep my secrets from the public. <laughs> so, from Matt, last name withheld. Hey, did you guys ever think about doing a live show where you comment on a movie MST3K style? I'd see it. So that's one audience member we'd have. Maybe he can rent us a theater. Sure, if he wants to produce that show, then and and publicize it and pay uh, any um, you know copyright. Uh, well, uh, all we have to do is say we have to do what uh, Eric used did and call it a class mm. instead of a show, and then it, and people pay tuition, and then it's okay. Really, was that the reason why that happened? We should. I be think that's why he called it that. We shouldn't be talking about this on. No, the not air. on the well, not on the air. But that's why he called it that. I think. What actually happened was it was so small scale that it was not worth the you know trouble. Yeah, we're, refer- we're we are referring to a show that a friend of ours used to produce. Uh, that that was fun. Was along the same lines, um, a live theater show, but no one came to that. So <laughs> I doubt you'll see a live Flophouse anytime Probably soon. Probably not. Well, but it would. Be, but thanks for the suggestion. Got to um, be positive. Jameson, last name withheld, said I had to go to Germany for work, and they had the same in-flight movies on my departing and returning flights. That's the story of why I watched Meet Dave, starring Eddie Murphy. Ouch. It would be perfect for review on some future episode of The Flophouse. I swear 75% of the film is shot on a set that looks like a bad mouthwash slash toothpaste ad. This movie is a real gem and a mind blower. Mm, we might have to do that one then. It's an Eddie Murphy movie, though. I don't know. I, I, I think well, I'm going to put that on my list. Well, we skip with... Norbit, so we may have That's to true. do Meet Dave. Okay. I'm putting it on my list with seven pounds and... Uh, Underworld Rise of the Lycans <laughs> okay. on our must-do list. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. And the thing. spirit when it comes to Oh, nudity. and the spirit, certainly. So this is actually from um, my uh, sister-in-law and sort of my brother, Marina and John, last way, name withheld. The way you I think said you can that, probably guess the last name. The way you said that, it, it was as if she was your sister-in-law and kind of, sister-in-law and kind of your brother, the same person. <laughs> She <laughs> she wrote the email. I don't know that my brother actually had any uh, oh, hand in the writing of the email. But uh, it says, Dear Floppers, you asked for a gift for the holidays, and since your gift to us is free, so is ours to you. Now, she's going to make a correction in this uh, email, but then she makes an error shortly thereafter. So let's see if you can pick up on the error that she makes. And you at home, you'll play this game too. Elliot mentioned in last week's podcast that Hans Conried was a star in Casablanca. Of course, I imagine that Elliot mean, meant Paul Henry. Ah, that is what I meant. And I got Hans Conrad Veidt is also in that film. That's why I got it mixed up. Idiot. However, it got us thinking that Hans Conrad, perhaps best known for playing Captain Hook's voice in Disney's Peter Pan and narrating the Grinch movie, might have been an excellent choice in the film as Laszlo or even Rick. And here she does a little playlet that uh, I won't read because it would require me to do the voice of Hans Conrad, which okay. I don't know if I can do. But that's uh, her little correction. Now, did you get the error that she made? I I, I totally didn't. Yes, but that, I, I wasn't paying attention. That's right. Um, I was I was busy flagellating myself for getting the names mixed up. That's right. Boris Karloff was the narrator for How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Now, it's possible she was talking about Halloween is Grinch Night, which was narrated she by. She mentioned the Grinch Hans in that letter. Conrad. Let me read that email. I told. Well, she says the Grinch movie. 
Now, she may be referring to the Ron Howard movie, but <laughs> maybe, I, don't. I don't believe that that had a narrator, and I don't believe it was Hans Conrad. <laughs> maybe. So, was Jim Carrey in that? <laughs> so, thanks for the correction. However, uh, we can turn it right back on you and say that you were thinking of Boris Karloff. That's true, and he won a Grammy for that. Yeah. So, And I apologize to everybody. I've been getting a lot of names wrong. Yeah. This this one I got too. I need more sleep. You got you got to pull it together, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we, this turns into a flop prevention. <laughs> you're making us look like shit. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Well, thank you for knowing the difference between Hans Conrad and uh, Paul Hanreid. Yeah. But so, Conrad Veidt is in move, that movie. Let's just move on. Yeah. Let's let's gloss over Elliot's shame. <laughs> wow. His uh, glaring shortcomings. Sure. We're going to do instead of our usual recommendations uh, because it is a new year. We're going to talk about our um, five favorite movies we saw that came out in the past year. And uh, before we get into it, I just want to give the caveat that we're not professional critics. And so we have not seen by any stretch all of the major films that were released this year. Let alone the minor films. So um, these lists are basically worthless. Yeah. They're worth what we put into them. Yeah. Yeah. They're 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 a picture into our worlds. Yeah. Exactly. A window, so if you of the films as that we did or see, great as they might be, <laughs> these are the ones we liked. Does anyone want to step up to the streets <laughs> and be the first? Well, to, uh... what a segue! And no. <laughs> Conveniently, after this movie, I had to amend my list yeah. <laughs> to add "step up to the streets" at it. Yeah. That's at number true. one. Uh, wait. I'll go. Okay, I'll go first. You guys are looking at me. Um. Yeah. As As Dan said, I have not actually seen that many movies. So. Um. If uh, if there's something that I forget, you don't slap your forehead and go, "Oh God, he forgot that," because I probably just haven't seen it. These aren't gonna, these are in no particular order. Uh, so I put Wally on there because it's uh, it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I have to explain why Wally is really good. Uh, I put the Dark Knight on there. Um, Dark Knight is really good. Uh, once again, <laughs> well thought <laughs> out, descriptive. I mean, I don't, I don't. It's one of those things where, right? I thought it was kind of a no-brainer. I didn't yeah. really have to go yeah. into. Sure, why. it was the most popular film of the year and yeah. the second highest-grossing film ever. Now, so. now I'm getting What's into the first highest-grossing Spider-Man and, Three. And it's still, uh, it's still Titanic. Really highest-grossing. Yeah, it's a disappointment. It's disappointing. I want yeah. it to change every year. Yeah. So maybe we should do something about that. Let's go see Dark Knight a million times. <laughs> well, it's that's past that because oh. uh, it's a new year, right? Although it's that's being true. re-released uh, in IMAX in June. Well, no, I'm saying the total, the highest grossing. Oh, okay. Let's go see overall. that shit in IMAX. So you could, if you really <laughs> blow our minds, to, if you really wanted to roll up uh, IMAX another experience. twelve dollars on that, he could. Or twelve million dollars. Yeah, we're gonna have to see it a million times. Uh, that's the twelve million dollars is not gonna change that record. We're gonna have to see it twenty million times each. Okay, and that might uh, not even do it. Uh, Jesus, I'm I don't know if I have enough time to do that. <laughs> you better make time. Okay. Do you care about this? Or maybe I could rent out the entire IMAX movie theater a million times. That would be a, a time-saving measure. Yeah, yeah, and it would also be fun because I could like run around. It'd be like a, like a like a Toys R Us shopping spree. Yeah, like when Nickelodeon used to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so okay, guys, stop interrupting. <laughs> um, now, I actually the next couple probably need a little bit of explanation. The next one is uh, is Funny Games, the remake of the uh, the German original. Uh, I mainly put that on there because I really enjoyed it, and <laughs> duh. and uh, because I watch a lot of movies this year, like Them and The Strangers, mm-hmm. and a couple others that I thought were very similar. But Funny Games managed to 
um, accomplish like a creepiness and also a voyeurism feel that I think the others weren't really <coughs> capable of. Um, so Funny Games, great. I put picked uh, Let the Right One In, uh, which has got a little bit of bit of a little bit of buzz nowadays. Uh, it's a great genre movie, and you know I just really love vampires, so I picked that one. And uh, finally, I picked. I'll, I'll just say number one movie of the year for me was Pineapple Express. Uh, maybe it's because I I heart Seth Rogen or something, <laughs> but it was uh, it was goofy and action movie enough. Uh, yeah, I just really liked it. So Pineapple I still Express. haven't seen that yet. It's really good. It just came out on DVD today, and I haven't bought it yet. Oh wait, I just dated our podcast. Yeah, when people listen to this in twenty years, <laughs> they won't be able to get over that. We've been thinking about posterity a lot in this podcast. <laughs> I know. Um, so yeah, I have a top five that is basically, I would say, a three-way tie for first, and then a couple other movies I like. And so the other movies I liked were. Um, Are you going uh, backwards? Yes. You start at the bottom and work your way. Up. Oh, I didn't do that. Okay, it's okay. You can do it however you want. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, oh, uh, I thought that that was a very... It did pretty well at the box office, but it was sort of overlooked, I felt like, at the sure. time. It sort of felt like an also-ran comedy. It's, I think people were kind of uh, apatowed out. Yeah, but I think it's actually one of the better ones. There's certainly more penis in it. Sure. If you, <laughs> McCoy, if got, stamp of approval. If you got a thing for doughy, tall guys... Penises. He's up, dude. Doughy. <laughs> like he's, he probably works out more than me. I can he's, guarantee that. But <laughs> he's a doughy guy. He's also uh, much more successful than me, so I think he'll take that. Okay. Burn after reading. Again, a film that I thought Ouch. people sort of just dismissed, but I really laughed at that movie a lot. That that I think will find its audience someday. Yeah. That hasn't yet. And then the uh, three-way tie for first Wally. The Dark Knight and uh, Rachel getting married. You know, not really surprising. All films have got a fair amount of critical acclaim. Uh, you know, obviously two were blockbusters, but if you haven't seen Rachel getting yeah, married. Yeah, Rachel getting married is what, like the second highest grossing movie of all time now? <laughs> <laughs> After That's Titanic? True. Yeah. We're going to have to rent out an IMAX theater. Get that yeah. over the top. 20 zillion IMAX theaters. <laughs> Rosemary DeWitt is now America's biggest star. <laughs> but I also just wanted to, like, quickly run down. Not saying anything about them, you know, a bunch of sort of honorable mentions. Also rants. And that's uh, Teeth in Bruges, Be Kind Rewind, The Signal, The Bank Job, Doomsday, Iron Man, Red Belt, Pineapple Express, Tropic Thunder, Slumdog Millionaire, Quantum of Solace, and Milk. So you're just making a mockery of the entire idea of a top five list. I didn't say anything about No, it's just a list of, like, movies you liked as well. I would have made a much more extensive list then. Uh, Oh, he says the guy who has actually six in his top five. Well... Not to spoil anything. Watch out. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to go from the top down. (gasps) Starting with number one. (gasps) Yeah, although these are not... not, Elliot has no conception of suspense. These are not really in any particular order per se the ones at the bottom are really more the ones that are in a specific order so that's what i want to go okay so uh, a couple of these are movies that i've mentioned on the podcast before mm-hmm. uh the fall which i watched more times than any other movie this year and really loved it and i've talked about it in other podcasts so i won't go on about it again uh synecdoche new york which was the one of the few movies i saw this year that really felt like it was a personal vision that was put on screen and I thought there were some very funny moments in it and some very good scenes in it. 
And I, after the, it was a movie where uh, after when I left the theater, everyone else was depressed, and I felt great, which is the same, which is an awesome feeling. Then uh, Wally, in no particular order, because as you guys you know implied, it's basically perfect. There's almost nothing you can complain about about Wally until the end credits roll and that Peter Gabriel song starts, <laughs> and then it becomes the worst movie ever made. <laughs> but until that moment, it's wow, like it's like utter perfect. And even even the short that comes with it. Which oh is my God. called I what? Think it's my, Presto. I Presto think it's my favorite. It's fantastic, shorts. and it's such an improvement over uh, Boundin, the short oh before God. The Incredibles, which is terrible. Wait, I didn't, I didn't, wa- I didn't watch the short. I gotta. I oh, the watch short that. Presto about the rabbit and the hat. It's really good. The thing about that that Peter Gabriel uh, credits sequence is that it, it made me think of uh, like the the Aborigine children in uh, Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> <laughs> Like the stories of them telling about Max the Wanderer. That makes sense. But is it like Pixar seems to be the only people in Hollywood who know how to do solid story structure and characters developed through action instead of exposition. And they, yeah. I wish they could hold like a seminar for everyone in Hollywood. Yeah, to you go would to. think, right? You would. I would. I would imagine in Hollywood, a bunch of dudes are, are just should be calling them and saying, "Hey, how do you actually make a movie?" Yeah, I don't know. Well, the, and Disney is that for they, they made that thing where they're like. Pixar's always successful. It must be because kids don't want to see 2D animation no more. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, it's because they, they tell the best stories in the world. Like, yeah. you know. Disney was also uh, run by the Little Rascals. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was the Bowery Boys. Hey, guys, we got to get more like Pixar. <laughs> oh, boy. Some guys could live like this, you know. Uh, number four here, I have a tie between uh, Milk and The Dark Knight. They were both I th- <laughs> so similar. <laughs> well, they're, they're both movies that were really well done and really well made, and kind of embody this art somewhat timeless, but also embody this kind of political moment in some ways. And they both have their flaws and in structure and length, but they have one amazing performance that kind of ties them together. In Milk, there's two actually. There's Sean Penn as Harvey Milk, who matures so believably throughout the film, and Josh Brolin as uh, Dan White, White, as Dan White, which is an amazing performance. The way they handle him uh, is so complicated and so rich. When they could have very easily made him like a very cardboard, crazy guy bigot, mm-hmm. uh, and it's really to the movie's credit makes it a better movie. And the Dark Knight, of course, is Heath Ledger, who when he died, people were like, he played the Joker and it made him crazy. <laughs> and it was like, I don't think so. And then I saw his performance and I was like, yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> is he played the Joker and he went crazy and took drugs to go to sleep and died. It's just such a fantastic performance and, you know, I like it a lot. And uh, so, and my fifth final one is uh, Guy Madden's movie My Winnipeg, which came out this year and is a very small-scale movie, even for him, who makes movies in warehouses, basically. And it starts off being this kind of like, almost like a John Hodgman movie, like the form of of fact but entirely made up with tiny bits of reality tied with like these made, like these huge jokes and like bizarre situations. And it, it takes a strange turn into a very personal kind of attack on the NHL, which <laughs> Guy Madden seems to see as responsible in some ways, symbolically at least, for the relegation of Winnipeg to like a boondock city and kind of the end of his father's career in hockey as the manager of the local Winnipeg Maroons. And it, it becomes, it gets very emotional from that point, and I like it a lot. So it, Guy Madden is accused a lot of, of too many levels of irony between himself and the work, and here I think he, you can't really accuse him of that. So those are my five and a half favorites because I had six on there. Nice. All right. 
Well, we've all had a good <laughs> laugh tonight. But every uh, delightful episode of the Flop House must sometime come to an end. Like now. Yeah. It abruptly cuts off. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I've been Stuart Wellington. I've been Dan McCoy. And I will always be Elliot Kalen. Good night, fools. Thanks. Sigourney Charles Weaver, S. Charles S. Dutton, with no hair, as he always never had. <laughs> but that's the, but even that. Wait, what a, but I still don't love he Alien Three. He had no hair. I am also talking you know, about things. You know he got a. You know he got <laughs> arrested for manslaughter. Well, that's where he be, he became an actor after he st- spent time in jail for manslaughter. I wonder what t- type of person he had to slaughter. Well, it, it sounded like it from what I've read of it. It sounds like he was it was like a drunk fight that went wrong, mm-hmm. and he accidentally killed some. I mean, that's why it was manslaughter. It was an accident. And that's why, he, he, as punishment, he had to star in Mimic with Mira Sorvino. <laughs> a Guillermo del Toro movie? <laughs> yeah. Actually, that, it's not as bad I think, as you I think. Guillermo del, no, I've, I think Guillermo del Toro had to direct it for community service for something. <laughs>